Boy, I love that intro. That's my favorite intro of all the ones they use, no matter what show I'm hosting. Boy, that talking guns is fine, man. It fits this guy, Devin Burgess, so well. That sounds like your kind of music, Devin. It is. That's my favorite of any of my radio show uh, intros, too. That's my favorite one out of all of them. Yes, indeed. Well, Devin, uh, this will be our final uh, gun Talking Gun Show for 2019, but we got a whole 2020 coming up. Uh, I'm going to kind of run down some of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, Second Amendment sanctuaries, very interesting concept. We're going to chat about that. Also, a lot of people have been asking and waiting for the new Glock G44. Those are now in. Uh, There's also some more proposed gun legislation. Where would we be without it? You can count on that. Surely as the sun rises in the east that there will be new proposed gun control legislation also they're going to have some uh, glock shooting sports foundation matches are going to be coming to the jefferson indoor range which is devon's regular home field and we're going to talk about uh, in our gun product of the month some quick access gun safes and lock boxes and also some of those very unique i was looking at a couple of them at the store the other day furniture options that conceal firearms very very interesting at the same time very practical so with all that Devin, we got a busy show and maybe we'll sneak in some gift ideas some stocking stuffers for the last minute shoppers with the firearm enthusiasts on their list but let's first of all talk about these second amendment sanctuaries what's brought about the rise of these and, and what do you know about them well that's um that's pretty cool uh there's a lot of not so cool stuff in the news these days, but um, but when I came across this this past week, I was I was proud to be a United States citizen. There's a few um, counties and states in large that are telling um, the government at the moment that if they keep pushing um, new gun laws and new gun legislation that they wouldn't uh, enforce it. Places like Texas, um, Nevada, there's a few uh, in Virginia, a lot of the southern states. And um, and the coolest thing is in Culpeper County, Virginia, the sheriff, uh, his name's Scott Jenkins, last week pledged to deputize all of its citizens over the age of 19 in order to protect their uh, their right to bear arms, which is pretty cool. So he's saying if you keep pushing this, uh, you know, banning guns or if the, if the government does anything to encroach on our Second Amendment, he said that's fine, uh, but you can't do that to law enforcement. So what we're going to do is we're just going to deputize every citizen, um, you know, that's an adult over the age, I think he said, of, of 18 or 19. And um, and then there'll be a police officer, I guess, by law, and you can't take their guns away that's that's pretty cool huh i think it is it kind of smacks of 1776 kind of like the minutemen appointments but uh it could be a a way that could successfully you know combat all these in in, you know encroaching uh gun legislation pieces now one thing i did here was as far as the part about uh, sheriffs saying that they would not enforce those laws and refuse to enforce them. Uh, there's kind of a, a problem there in that if they cannot supersede a state law, unless the state uh, allows them to do that, they still have to abide by the state law, even though they may feel differently about their county or within their parish. I don't think they're within their right 
to not enforce laws that are statewide. But the angle that you're talking about, where they're going to deputize a citizen and make them uh, a law enforcement officer, well, that's that's a whole different situation there, and I don't know what they could do to combat that. Maybe nothing. Maybe that's the answer. Right. I don't think that they could. Um, I mean, realistically, I don't see them doing that. But uh, but it's cool that um, you know even sheriffs in these smaller counties um, and other law enforcement officers. Um, some military personnel, you know, have stated publicly that if, you know, if the government keeps pushing this uh, this agenda to destroy the Second Amendment, that they wouldn't, you know, they won't follow it, that they'll um, break that order and uh, actively discourage others from, um, from, you know, encroaching on their Second Amendment, which is pretty cool. So, I mean, realistically, do you think he's going to deputize all of the citizens? Probably not. Um but just to say it publicly, I think, does more uh, more to help, you know, the Second Amendment than anything else, which I think he knows that, too. Yeah, I don't expect him to, to deputize everybody, <laughs> everybody in a uh, county or um, parish or well, they don't have parishes. But, I mean, you know, deputizing everybody is pretty, uh, pretty out of the window, out the box. But um, but it's just cool that he would publicly state that. Um, and the more people that do, uh, they have you know a harder time passing all of those laws and getting public support, which is nice. So I thought that was um, the coolest thing I had read in the last week. That you know he just said, "Yeah, we'll just deputize everybody, and then you can't do anything, and we win." There you go. Very, very interesting. Good research on that. Uh, Devin, before we get into the Glock business, because they got a new product that's out, they've also got, uh, you know, you're going to be hosting some shooting foundation matches there at Jefferson. We can talk about that, too. But I want to talk about this uh, proposed new gun legislation for New York. Uh, you know, and, and this again, these kind of things always help gun sales. And it looks like Andrew Cuomo is going to challenge uh, President, ex-President Barack Obama for uh, being the number one gun salesman in the country. Uh, what can you find out? What, are, what is the latest that they're trying to do as far as uh, in an effort to make people safer actually take gun owners' rights away? Um, all right. So this was the strangest thing that I've come across in the last month. Um, and I'd like your view on it because it's um, I have no idea what's going on in New York. This is very, very strange. So in the past week, the governor of New York proposed what he stated as brand new gun legislation that he hopes to pass in the coming year 2020. Um, but everything that he's proposed is already enacted at state and federal levels. So he stated um, some of the new legislation would make it to where uh, state residents who have committed serious misdemeanors um, wouldn't be able to own a gun in New York. Well, what's a serious misdemeanor? So he he said some domestic violence convictions, um, misdemeanor sex offenses, uh, unlicensed, uh, which is illegal, possession of a firearm, especially in New York, and uh, and a few other small things like forcible touching. I, I guess that's pretty much the same thing as sex offenses. But um, but all of those things already disqualify you from buying a gun. So I have no idea what is going on in New York. I mean, I'm guessing because New York, for the most part, you know, is real liberal and, and um 
doesn't like firearms, very similar to like Chicago and even New Orleans, you know, the inner city. Um, but I'm not sure why he would publicly state that they're going to change uh, and update um, what it would take to buy a firearm, because all of those are already disqualifiers for buying a firearm, you know, anywhere in the country. The the um, the law is when you run a background check, you know, when you go into a gun store, you pick the gun, they give you that piece of paper to fill out, that's uh, going to the FBI, and they give us a result after they check your background, if you can buy a gun or not. Um, and all of those are already on the form. You know, if you have any felonies or violent offenses, if you have domestic violence, there's specifically a question about domestic violence. Um, so I'm not sure. Uh, I'd like to get your input on that. I have no idea why he would. Um, I mean, I guess it's to pander to people that have no idea what he's talking about. And all of those things sound good. But the downside is they're already they're already laws. They're already restrictive uh, means that would disqualify you from owning a gun anywhere in the country. You know, if you have domestic violence, if you've been convicted of um, any kind of sex crimes or violent misdemeanors. Um, so I have no idea. I mean, I guess it's just an easy way to give himself a win, but it's easy to win when it's, uh, you know, you're not, you're not playing anybody. You just, you're just taking uh, credit for a bunch of stuff that's already in law and would already um, restrict people from, from buying guns if they meet any of those criteria. What do you what do you think about that? I have no idea what to think about that. I I can't say. Uh, only thing I can figure is what they call grandstanding. He's trying to win points as a uh, someone who is pushing for more gun control, but really all he's doing is a duplication of an already existing law. I don't see where it would make anyone any safer or prevent anyone who is not eligible from getting a gun now to prevent them from getting one. So I, I have no idea other than, and, you know, he's a politician, so grandstanding comes under their their, uh, their, their toolbox. Well, listen, we're going to take a break, Devin. When we come back, I want to mention a Relentless Pursuit. I don't know if you've heard about that. New Orleans is not included in it, but seven major cities are. We'll talk a little bit about that, and then we're going to talk a lot about Glock. Boy, they're doing some wonderful things at that company. We'll be right back. We're talking guns with Devin Burgess. If you want to talk with us, 504-260-6368 is the telephone number, and we take online text right here to the studio at 870-870. It's a Christmas edition of Talking Guns on More Outdoors. And we're talking guns this morning, and we're talking about gun control. Um, you know, another interesting concept, uh, Devin, uh, the Attorney General, William Barr, has announced the launch of what he calls Operation Relentless Pursuit. And what this is, it's an initiative that is going to be combating violent crime in seven of the most violent cities in America, not through gun legislation or taking people's guns away or infringing on Second Amendment rights, but putting a surge of federal resources in those cities. They've been identified as Albuquerque, New Mexico, Baltimore, Cleveland, Detroit, Kansas City, Memphis and Milwaukee. I only wish New Orleans was on that list, but these seven American cities have violent crime levels at several times the national average, which New Orleans does also, and maybe this eventually will move there. But the way they're going to do this is they're going to put more agents 
federal agents in there. They're going to act with the ATF, DEA, the FBI, U.S. Marshals. They're going to go in there and look for drug traffickers with the cartels and the street gangs. And they're going to use their resources to identify these people, arrest these people, and put them away. And I think that's the key to this whole thing is getting guns away from the people who should not have them. And, uh, of course, this is, you know, under the Trump administration. He appointed this guy, Bill Barr, and I think he's, this is a very worthwhile effort. They're putting about $71 million into it, but I think it's going to pay off. And hopefully they will be able to expand it into other cities and maybe get here in New Orleans. And, you know, they're going to use uh, new officers. They're going to finance them. They're going to better equip them. They're going to use technology. Every resource at hand that the federal government has, they're going to assist the local city and state police in, in, in busting up some of these bad guys. I think this is great. Yeah, it is great. You remember um, back in the day, probably in the, in the last 15 years, 10 years, they had stop and frisk. Um, right. In New Orleans, they had a much higher police presence. Um, they enacted stop and frisk, so you know anybody at any time could get, um, you know, police can approach you just to see if you were carrying a firearm, and if you were and you were carrying one illegally, um, you know, you would get arrested and you would go to jail, which is the way it should be. You know, I mean, I don't understand. Um, they're not encroaching on anybody's rights. If you don't know it's supposed to have a gun, the only way we can get the guns away from the bad guys is to find out which bad guys have guns. So that reminds me of uh, what they've done um, in the past in some um, Orleans uh, parish, you know, neighborhoods in the city of New Orleans itself. Uh, I think it was about 10 years ago. But anyway, crime in that, not crime, I shouldn't say that, firearm violence in those areas that they had a large police presence in and were uh, enacting stop and frisk, the gun violence went down um, in pretty significant numbers. So, I mean, that's great. Well, the stop and frisk thing, uh, you know, it's, it's the reason why it was taken away. It's that Some people feel it's discriminatory. They don't want to be stopped for no reason and ask if they have a firearm. But in some areas, and I believe it was Rudy, Rudy Giuliani when he was the mayor of New York, it did tremendous good in, in, in reducing gun-violent crimes in, in New York by having stop and frisk. Uh, some places, actually, they have dogs that are gun-sniffing dogs. And all that dog has to do is pass by you, and if you've got a gun in your pocket or in your waistband and that dog hits on it, it's just like a drug-detecting dog. Uh, that's probable cause to check you. If you've got a gun and you're a convicted felon, that's a 20-year ticket to jail instantly. No ifs, ands, buts, don't pass, go, collect 200 bucks on Monopoly, none of that stuff. It is very effective stop and frisk. The argument against it is, though, it's discriminatory, and it, it places people who should not be subjected to that to being subjected. But, you know, and you talk to a lot of gun owners that are concealed carry and in some open carry, and I don't know very many who resent that you know if, if someone wants to see my weapon and see if i'm carrying a gun and they're a law enforcement officer i'll be glad to show them my card and show them the weapon you know uh knowing that they're there getting them out of the hands of people who shouldn't have them absolutely i mean anybody that um you know that wants gun crime to stop which i think is everybody uh inc- you know including like you said pretty much every gun owner that's uh, owning firearms responsibly. I don't know anybody that opposes that. Um, and then it wouldn't necessarily, uh, in 
the way I'm looking at it, be discriminatory if, like you said, if they, um, you know, if they enacted dogs to uh, to help them with stop and frisk, you know, if they patrol the streets, which they're doing anyway, usually in a car, um, so they don't have to get out of their car. But I mean, the only difference would be you'd see a lot more police. Um, and if you saw police officers that had, you know, a canine unit with dogs, um, there'd be less of them. But that would be a way to minimize uh, what some people would think is discriminatory, um, you know, targeting by police officers. But look, if the dog hits on you and, you know, they ask you to if you have a firearm on you and you do and you're not supposed to, you should uh, minimum jail sentences should be um you know, should be given out. No, nobody's going to stop carrying firearms if they go to jail for two or three days and then you let them back out. It's not the way that works. If they go to jail for 10 years or 20 years and they know that if they get caught, they're going to go to jail for 10 or 20 years, most of those guys aren't going to, um, you know, risk carrying a gun just to just to carry a gun when they're not supposed to. Um, so that's a well, one they- form of... It's definitely a deterrent. And, you know, I've trained and raised uh, a lot of dogs who make their living with their nose by smelling out birds and rabbits. And, and i got to tell you, dogs are, uh, are equal opportunity sniffers. They're not discriminatory. If they hit on you, it's because of a gun, not for any other. Or either that or you got a pork chop in your pocket, which you shouldn't have either. Anyway, uh, that would be something that would be effective. But I'm waiting to see the results of this Operation Relentless Pursuit, how it pays off in those cities, and hopefully it can be expanded to other cities, and which would be a benefit to us if it would be implemented in the city of New Orleans. Well, Devin, let's start talking about Glock. Uh, first of all, this new gun product, the G44. I know a lot of people have been asking for that. Uh, they're now available. When will they be actually in the stores, and particularly with more, uh, more of a reference in the Jefferson gun outlet? Right. This was a, uh, for anybody that, that's unaware, this was a big deal. This was a very big deal. So for the past uh, three weeks, I guess, or a month, uh, and Glock's so cool that they do it this way. Um, so let me back up. So there's a there's a SHOT Show, the SHOT Show in Las Vegas that's coming up this coming month in January, next month. Uh, usually Glock, once a year, um, will do their own pre-SHOT Show uh, release of a new firearm. Last year was the 43X and the 48. The year before that, uh, it was some of the MOS models in the 43. But they do it at a time where they let um, everybody know what the new gun is, you know, to get everybody excited about just their gun because they're not competing with, you know, 500 other manufacturers at the SHOT Show to release something. Their marketing department at Glock is um, pretty incredible. But anyway, so the new gun that they've been announcing, um, the new item that they're manufacturing is, like you said, the Glock 44. So it's a compact uh, 22 caliber, predominantly polymer um, firearm in 22 long rifle. It has a threaded barrel, so you can put a suppressor on it. It obviously looks like a Glock, but it's much lighter. So instead of having a steel slide, it's a polymer frame and a semi-polymer fo- uh, slide with aluminum um, and steel, uh, aluminum rails and a steel barrel. Uh, in aluminum and polymer guide rods. So it's super light, uh, made by Glock, so it's going to function. 
um, pretty inexpensive, I believe. When they when they show up, hopefully in the next week or two, it'll probably be after Christmas, unfortunately. But they're going to be under four hundred dollars, probably closer to three hundred and fifty bucks. Um, and then all of your other aftermarket parts, like upgraded uh, night sights, um, holsters, you know, holster compatibility, uh, magwells. Um, slide stops, all that stuff that you use on your uh, other Glocks are also going to be compatible with the Glock 44. So if you have some night sights that you want to take off another gun that you don't use, you know, you'd be able to put them on your 44. I believe they're going to fit, um, the firearm would fit in any 19, Glock 19 holster or Glock 23 holster, which is their most popular uh, model. It's the compact variant. So if you have holsters for other Glocks, more than likely this one will fit in those holsters. Um, and it's pretty cool. They've never made a they've never made a Glock um, in 22 long rifle that's um, dedicated to 22 long rifle. And, um, and they released it last week, and it's been the firearm community is ablaze. Everybody wants it, but hopefully. You know, hopefully we'll have them in the store, probably not before Christmas, um, but probably in the next two weeks or so, if I had to guess. I, I just wish they would have made it in the twenty two mag. You know, that is so much more powerful than uh, any of the other twenty two, the long or the long rifles, you know. But Oh, yeah, you need both. I love that twenty two Magnum. See, the only problem with twenty two Magnum is there's a few uh, handgun um, manufacturers or firearm manufacturers that make semi-auto 22 magnums, and if you put them in a tubular magazine, you know, like a rifle or a lever action or something, they work very well. But once you stack those um, 22 magnums in a magazine, because they, uh, for people that are unfamiliar or listeners that are unfamiliar, they're like a, um, they look like a real small 38 special or a real small 357. If you're familiar with the way the caliber looks, there's a lip on the uh, a rim on the very back of the bullet. And because they each have a rim on the back, when you stack them one on top of the other, that rim will catch against the other rims, and they don't feed real um, as reliably as some of the smaller 22 um long rifle calibers but i mean i'm sure they will i'm sure they'll make a 22 mag you might have to wait a year or 10 but um you know mm-hmm. i'm sure they will but i agree well i have a uh, i have a little 22 mag that's uh it's a actually it's a five shot derringer that's made by charter arms and i'll tell you what those 22 mags pack a wallop and but they work well in a revolver and like you said in a tube and a rifle but you know got to work on it to get the handguns right well Devin, we got a break to take in we come back i want to talk about what's going to be coming to the uh, shooters club over there as far as glock's new shooting uh events we'll talk about that also about some of those new products and we got a gun product of the month you're going to be wanting to hear about that's all coming up right here in the next few minutes on talking guns down to butte Devin burgess and you are listening to us on wwl 105.2 FM HD2 radio. And welcome back in. And Devin, uh, over there at the Jefferson Indoor Range, uh, there are going to be some new shooting events coming up. Tell us about it. We are. We're going to have uh, quite a few. My buddy just, not to jump out here, but my buddy just texted me. It's funny. We've been talking about dogs all show. What do you have? You hunt with dogs, huh? He wanted me to ask you a question. You, oh, you yes, I do. Yes, I do. 
so if somebody wanted to uh, choose a breed for duck hunting and train the dogs, do you know anything about that? Where did you get your dogs from, and did you train them yourself? I have uh, trained all of my dogs myself. I've had everything from Labrador Retrievers, which is the number one duck dog, uh, to Brittany Spaniels, to Pointers, to German Shorthair Pointers. I've had uh, Rabbit Beagles. Um, there are a lot of professional trainers, and a lot of people will do, get them started, and then it's up to the owner to pick it up from there because, uh, you know, the dog needs to work with the owner. In fact, some trainers will invite the owner to come out to the training sessions so the dog gets used to, and actually you have to train the owner in some instances on what the, the do's and don'ts are of dog training. But if it's a duck dog you're looking for, uh, my German shorthairs can double, but they don't do quite as well in the water as swimming. Uh, it's tough to beat a lab or a golden retriever for a duck dog, but there's some of the other breeds that retrieve real well and they swim okay. But the lab has just got that heavy, thick coat. They're, they're water-resistant. You know, coat, the water runs right off of them when they shake, and they've got the drive and the strength to, to, to make those long, hard retrieves that are out in some, you know, gumbo mud and some high reeds and things like that. But if that person is interested in getting one, I can put him in touch with some really good breeders that I know who also double as trainers, and he'll be set. There you go, Scott. Big Don's going to help you out. All right, so anyway... Back to what you asked about. We're doing a bunch of shooting competitions at uh, at Shooters Club. They host a Glock match um, once a year for people that are unfamiliar with it. Glock, um, they're one of the few to do this, which is really nice on Glock's part. They uh, send a representative from Glock. It's usually our uh, state representative. <clears throat> and... Um, and they do a what's called the GSSF. It's Glock Shooting Sports Foundation. The only requirements are that you shoot a Glock, not that you own a Glock, just that you shoot a Glock. So we open up all of our uh, rentals, our gun rentals, to uh, any of the competitors. There's no charge to rent one of the guns if you want to shoot in the matches. Um, all you have to do is sign up for the GSSF. It's like $30. Um, a year and we host uh, once a year at Shooters Club and twice a year now at um, at Jefferson Gun Outlet and it's going to be the last weekend um, in January is when we're doing the next one so in about a month uh, and again if you've never shot uh, any kind of competition before it's very laid back all the people that come are very very nice and helpful um, and you don't have to be the best shot to win the biggest prize, which is a handgun. Um, there's a bunch of other perks. Anybody that signs up for GSSF, uh, it pays off quickly and abundantly. It's about $30, like I said, to uh, to sign up for GSSF. And then at the end of the year, when they send you your, um, your new packet, um, an application for your new GSSF membership card, they also send you a... It's called a blue label discount coupon. So it allows uh, the competitor, as long as they stay a member, like I said, about 30 bucks a year, to buy one Glock a year at the blue label law enforcement pricing. Um, so you spend 30 bucks, and if you're interested in getting a new Glock, even if you don't want to shoot, just signing up to be a GSSF member would help because uh, at the end of that year, you get a Glock for 
it's usually about 20% to 30% off of our normal retail prices. So if you wanted a new Glock 19, they're normally uh, $599. The blue label price on Glock 19s are between 430 and 460 So, you know, 100 and hundred and a half, you know, you just say. So, um, and it's really fun. I mean, we do it uh, three months out of, well, six months out of the year now. But each match is um, is three days, and there's one shooting match per month in a three-month period. So we'll do it at the uh, the end of January, the end of March, and the end of April. I'm sorry, the end of January, the end of February, and the end of March. Um, and if you do two out of the three, if you shoot two out of the three competitions, you qualify for all the prizing. Um, and then we do a raffle at the end, and Glock gives away a handgun of your choice. Um, and it's fun. You know, it's a good uh, community get-together. All the people that do it are super nice. It's um, joining a kind of like joining a club that everybody wants you to join. You know, it's um, it's a good thing to do. It's really, really fun. Uh, and we do now. We're doing two a year. There's uh, six months out of the year, so about half the year, once a month, we're going to be doing one of these matches. Uh, to learn more, you can go to Glock.com or Glock.com/gssf, um, and it'll go over all the regulations and what you can shoot. Um, there's a bunch of different categories, so you can shoot in A class, B class, or C class, depending on your skill level. Uh, anybody that shoots two out of those three months gets a walks away with something, um, and it's usually a pretty good something. You know, you get Glock knives. They give away Glock shirts and sweaters. Um, last year, they gave away all sorts of cool stuff: the Glock poker sets, um, Yeti coolers, you know, with Glock on them, Glock coffee mugs, and uh, and then you know, obviously the the big prize. Uh, is the is the gun but um it's about thirty dollars it's a good investment if you're going to buy a glock because even after you pay the 30 bucks it's still going to save you over a hundred dollars if you want to purchase a glock and again you get one a year um, so we're excited about that yeah glock Hopefully is really stepping up they're stepping up to be one of the leading firearms dealers in the nation no doubt about it uh a while back you mentioned uh shot show shooting hunting outdoor trade show and i guess it's still in vegas are you going this year I am. Unfortunately, I'm going. Yep, my <laughs> Unfortunately, on come on, you're like a kid in this candy store there. You need a break I away was. from the shop, too. <laughs> I was. I was a kid in the candy store. But after, you know, after eight or nine years, I'd rather uh, Candy the, gets old, huh? Uh, candy gets old. That's right. Candy gets old. <laughs> Starts to rot your teeth. Same thing. I don't like to fly. But it is. Oh. It's pretty cool. We, they, we get yeah. a bunch of, uh, bunch of good, interesting stuff that's uh, new. You know, hot off the assembly line, um, and you get to see everything that's uh, you know that's being made. Most people, Glock's one of the few that doesn't. That's when everybody else releases all of the new items for the next year. Um, you know, all the big manufacturers are there: Kimber, um, you know, Glock, Smith and Wesson. Everybody goes. It's massive. Um, if no one, if if you're listening and you've never been. And you're really into, you know, just shooting sports. It's it's worth it to go at least once. Um, mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend well, going once a year. A lot of people years, probably. But... A lot of people have probably forgotten the the uh, the faux pas New Orleans committed, you know, under 
one of the previous mayors, Mark Marial, he basically ran them out of town, and they loved coming to New Orleans, uh, holding it at the convention center. They loved the city. They loved the food. They loved the music. They got to go duck hunting sometimes when they were here and fishing, and uh, he basically wore out their welcome and kind of told them they were not welcome, and they said, well, fine, we'll never come back. Never's a long time, and they're living up to it so far. They haven't been back since, and I don't, I don't see in the near future or even distant future any plans for them to come back. But you're talking about an event that would dump a ton of money into the local economy for a very good purpose. But you can thank uh, ex-mayor Mark Marial for that little debacle. All right, we got a break to take. We come back, and one of the places that Devin gets a lot of these gun product uh, informational reports is from the SHOT Show, and we got one coming up for you right after this timeout. It's our gun product of the month, and you're listening to it on the Christmas edition of Talking Guns. Don Dubuque and Devin Burgess on WWL 105.3 FM HD2 Radio. Oh, another great job by Devin Burgess on that interview. By the way, Devin, do you know a guy named Ziphead? Man, that's a name. Um, I don't, Zip I don't think head. so. Is that his Christian <laughs> well, name? Ziphead? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he'll give us a little further explanation, but he's wishing us both a Merry Christmas to Don and Devin Zip from Ziphead. Thank you. Merry Christmas to you, Ziphead. All right. Um, you know, when I was in the store the other day, I, I noticed one of those um, firearm concealing furniture items. I don't know what the, the classifier call them, the one that was the shelf. Very interesting. And you got kind of an array of those. Tell us what people can get, because I think that serves a couple of purposes. One, it conceals the firearm from from an intruder, should you need quick, easy access to it. But two, it, it might keep visitors calm if they don't see a firearm in plain view in your home. Right. These are, these are so cool. Ziphead, you need to get one of these. This is what Ziphead <laughs> needs. I'm going to sell you one. So these are, uh, man, they're cool. They're, they're, we sell guns, obviously, but this is one of the coolest things that we started carrying in the store, uh, in my opinion. It's straight out of a James Bond film. It's furniture that's made in the U.S. Um, there's quite a few different manufacturers that make them. Um, I think even GunSafe makes a few of them. But it's, uh, it's furniture that looks like regular furniture, but with the push of a button, or uh, careful placement of a magnet, it pops open and presents your firearm to you um, in a way that wouldn't, you know, it's quick and uh, inconvenient, but no one would know unless you told them that this beautiful piece of furniture is holding an arsenal of firearms. They make coffee tables and uh, nightstands, um, bookshelves and shelving units, you know, that you would put picture frames on. Um, that's the most popular one we sell. They're about 130 bucks. They're not super expensive. They're very well made. They're made here in the United States. And um, the most popular one is this little magnet um, pop-open action. It's a little hydraulic that's in it. And when you place a magnet over the top of it, the bottom, um, with the help of a hydraulic, comes down uh, quickly and presents whatever firearm you stick in it. They make a bunch of different sizes and lengths. You can put an AR in there, a shotgun in there. The smaller ones, you can hold um, multiple handguns, magazines. Um, super cool. And, yeah, they make uh, they make bed frames and headboards and, and shelves and coffee tables and end tables. Um, I think they make a dining room table. 
they make uh, they make just a ton of really beautiful furniture. Most of it, or pretty much all of it, is wood, um, sanded wood. It's real pretty. We're moving soon, and I'm gonna fill that house with as much. James Bond type furniture as I can. I'll have you could, it, out you of could use it as a showroom. I'm sure you, right. you'll be able to use your home as a showroom for concealing firearms. Hey, for your friend Scott, I just had a text that said, don't forget the Boykin Spaniel is the most utilitarian dog, spectacular retrieval units. Uh, he's correct. The Boykin Spaniel's a great dog. I kind of compare it to the Big Green Egg. It's kind of a cult of the owners of those dogs. Uh, they're a very, very special breed with some special owners. Well, Devin, Merry Christmas to you and all the folks, Mike and the gang over at uh, Jefferson Gun. Uh, tell them how to get there. They're going to do some Christmas shopping. I will. 6719 Airline Drive. It's right by David Drive near the old, uh, what's well, still a skate center. Um, there's a range behind it. We're both open seven days a week. We'll be closed Christmas Day and probably closing a little early on Christmas Eve. And then the Shooters Club, if you want to get your permit, go CCC uh, or myself over there at the Shooters Club every Saturday. Starts at about 10:30. If you're a first time, it starts at uh, doors open about 9 9:30. If you're a renewal, um, they're at 2338 Hickory. They're open every day but Monday. 